The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Note the lack of red splotches on his face. There's no way that he came straight from her apartment looking like that. Which means Ryan nailed it before. This is a conspiracy. Ryan! Played the C card? Well, I mean, uh, you weren't around. Somebody had to step up. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, February the 11th, 2021. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Yes, you heard right. We are playing the C-card conspiracy. And conspiracies abound. Many are real, many are not. Those who talk about these conspiracies, real or imagined, are called conspiracy theorists. And I suppose that the most reasonable task for any theorist worth his salt to undertake is to demonstrate that his or her theory is the correct one based on the evidence and the facts available. So why am I talking about conspiracy theories? Well, I had my curiosity raised recently about a subject that honestly seemed to me to be a bit of a distraction. But the reason I'm curious now, or at least have been over the past few weeks, is because of the mainstream news media suddenly attacking and discrediting a movement that they've been saying doesn't even exist. In fact, the mere mention or recognition of the name of this movement in the mainstream was something I never saw before, even though I was vaguely aware of it online. And of course... This movement is generally best known by the name QAnon, or just Q, as in the letter Q of the alphabet. It's not really an organized movement in the sense of some established corporate identity or any kind of club or association that you would formally join. From what I've seen so far, it's really more like an informal network of individuals who tend to share a broad set of common values. Most of those values appear to coincide with the right in general, all other considerations aside. So I suppose that alone is enough for the mainstream to attack this nebulous group of conspiracy theorists. And interestingly, on a recent Blaze TV panel discussion between Sarah Gonzalez, Eric July, and Rob Eno, the observation arose that the troops who continue to cordon off the Capitol have been questioned as to whether they share any ideas in common with the tipping point. I only recently learned that the tipping point is another term associated with the Q movement, and in particular with a radio show of the same name hosted by a fellow named Scott McKay. On one of his broadcasts, from which we'll be sampling a few audio bites later, Scott McKay has suggested that in the course of pursuing the truth, every once in a while you have to be willing to go down the rabbit hole, and you have to avoid being discouraged, when also every once in a while you find that you've been fooled, misled, or you discover things don't exactly play out in the exact manner that you expect. And given the broader context, uh, I mean, that sounded like pretty reasonable advice to me. So at the risk of suffering all those possibilities, or perhaps even worse, let's take a peek down that rabbit hole, shall we? Our investigation into the world of Q conspiracy theories begins right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. 
Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at www.justrightmedia.org where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and our archive broadcasts. As always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. Now, a major controversy and rift broke out among many people who were following the Q movement after expectations that Joe Biden and a whole array of deep state traitors to the United States would be rounded up and arrested on Inauguration Day. But apparently, that did not happen. So consequently, those who were completely disappointed that their expected day of reckoning was stolen from them have now distanced themselves from the movement while accusing certain Q personalities and voices of having betrayed and misled them. But meanwhile, those who still believe that this scenario will play itself out, they've now been accused of suffering from something called hopium, (laughs) as if they were under the influence of some drug, who of course in this case happens to be Donald Trump. Now I'll be honest with you, there's a lot about and within this network of individuals that sounds a bit cultish to me. But at the same time, there are a number of narratives within the Q network that are plausible and therefore are possible, even if not necessarily probable. And these narratives are being told and shared by people who seem quite rational and reasonable, even if they have other peculiarities about them. And let us never forget that these expectations were not created out of thin air. U.S. General Michael Flynn, whose predictions to that effect we heard on this very show a few weeks back, was certainly a very authoritative source from which to base such an opinion. And since that time, neither Flynn nor the main voices for Q have changed their tune. Now, I'm in no position to make any final judgments about Q, Anon, or the tipping point, or any of these expectations, nor is it my intention to go there. But I thought it might be worth our while to at least know what these folks are saying especially in light of the fact that the mainstream media and even the Biden administration seems to be very concerned with this movement. And you know how I feel about the the mainstream media. Anything they say, well, it's not true. Can we put it that way? And so if they're opposed to something, you know there's something going on there, right? Let me be clear that I cannot and will not ever refer to Joe Biden as the president of the United States, given what I know about how he got there. I can only bring myself to refer to Joe Biden as the resident of the United States since I am personally convinced beyond any doubt that, as Salim Mansour insisted, he was not an inaugurated president but an installed resident. Yes, that's resident without the P because that P stands for the people and this resident was most definitely not the people's choice. In fact, I've long considered him to be a criminal and a traitor to the country. We've been talking about it for a year. And, you know, I've noticed each time that I've seen him recently, Stephen Crowder continues to refer to Biden as former Vice President Biden. But what's happening today is about much more than just the presidency per se. And apparently, so is the Q movement. So without much further delay, the next voice we'll be hearing is that of Scott McKay in a show that was posted during the week before Inauguration Day, and which was taken down by YouTube within days, explaining some of the facts and basics about the Q movement that I'm sure most people do not know. The world is waking up, and this is the tipping point. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott McKay. Welcome to this 
uh, impromptu live stream tonight. Uh, I am the host of The Tipping Point on Revolution Radio. Welcome to tonight's broadcast. Folks, um, I'm going to go very high speed tonight, talk as fast as I can because I do. And the main reason we're here tonight is because we see this unbelievable dynamic happening in the United States like we've never dreamed we would see in this post-election chaos because most of America does not have any idea that this is a military operation. This election was a military-grade sting operation to bring down the criminal power structure that has been ruling this country for a very long time in every country around the world. So what I realized was America is terrified. They see everything that's unfolding. And many people now feel that we've lost the country because if this administration, or I should say faux president-elect actually took power, trust me, what's coming for America is what all you've feared and heard about in the past, the ushering into the one world government, new world order, this plan's been laid out for a long time, and I'm here to assure you that isn't going to happen. What the Trump presidency basically is, is a de facto military presidency that was established and put in place a long time ago. But in the last 20 years, we had our people, the, we'll call them the patriots, the alliance powers, which are patriots in the military, some politicians, some good guys, <clears throat> some business people, and 22 alliance nations around the world and this alliance had been orchestrating the infiltration of all the global power structures that have been taken over in every country by this cabal. Anyways, in 2015, uh, they knew that was a tipping point. The U.S. military was prepared to launch a coup on the government. Didn't matter who was in power. The government in Washington, D.C. has become so corrupt that it no longer functioned for the people because they don't work for the American people. They're not elected and seated in positions in our constitutional government. They're all seated in positions inside corporate U.S. and they serve the corporation. Now, what happened was the mil military intelligence intercepted a 16-year plan by the, the cabal to take down the United States. Eight years of Obama and then eight years of Hillary Clinton to finish us off. Now, military intelligence stopped that. Of course, they approached Donald Trump. They knew he couldn't be bought. They knew he had his own money. They knew he was a patriot. And they needed, for the first time, they needed to have the power of the executive branch to take this down a final step to launch a massive attack on the deep state power structure and bring the whole thing down once and for all, save the country, save the world. Now we have Donald Trump coming to power. So every piece of this global cabal, this apparatus has been in full attack mode to take down the most existential threat that this group has ever faced. And that's with the Donald Trump pres presidency. They have to throw everything they can think of at Trump to get him out of power because they know what's coming. Nothing is going to stop what's coming. They're not going to not try but they know what's coming. If they don't take out Donald Trump, this isn't win or lose for these people, folks. It's win or die. It's win or die. They're eliminated from the planet. This is their last Hail Mary, this election, to try to finally get control, regain the power at all costs, at all costs. Regain this power so they can stop the Trump presidency and the military from bringing them down so now here we are, we come right up. I mean, you, if you go down through the list of attacks that have happened in Trump, let's take General Flynn. Now, 
everything you've seen in the pr Trump presidency that's been playing out, it is a movie. It is a very highly engineered, scripted movie to lead all of us to a conclusion with a primary intention to wake people the hell up so they can finally see for themselves the truth of what's going on. And this military intelligence operation dissemination program started this whole thing off. So October 28th, 2017 was the first time this, this group, this whoever this group of military intelligence people are dropped some intelligence on what is called the 4chan boards. These are a very obscure underground messaging platform. Once these first intel drops hit, people noticed them. They didn't know what they were. They didn't know what they meant. They were kind of surreal, but they started to share these, these drops and they came out fast and furious for four or five days. And what that did was it created an underground movement of people trying to figure out what this meant. Now, this, this became the greatest military intelligence dissemination operation in world history. It had one purpose, to ask the questions that people have on their mind, point in a direction of where they could go do their own research. It would point to articles in obscure publications, major public publications. It could be executive orders that were written. It could be legislation. It could be photographs. It could be anything. But this organization, we know there's less than 10 of them inside the administration. Six of them are not, or three are non-military. There's less than 10 that know everything about what we call the plan. So as they started to drop this intel, they started to lay out a roadmap of the future, of what was coming, of how they were going to wake up the people, wake up the sheep, wake up the planet once and for all. So the planet, the people, the world can see the truth of what's really happening before it's too late. So that started that op that operation gained high speed in about four or five months. So then it become thousands to tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands to millions to tens of millions of people worldwide in every country on the planet following this operation known as Q. If you've heard it, people call it QAnon. It's not. It's called Q. You've watched the media attack it. You watched the shills attack it. You've watched the people who have not done their homework and the due diligence that we've done for three years, dissecting this information, following it, watching events happen in real time, watch proof after proof after proof to know we have a legitimate power that has a bulletproof plan to bring this criminal empire down once and for all. This is what the Trump presidency is. It always has been. It is a de facto military presidency to save our ass because we've been too lazy and we've been too comfortable. We've been too ignorant. We've been too apathetic to do it ourselves. And now this country has gone to the brink, to the very edge. And right now, these guys, with the help of you, are going to save it. My mental space, how I view the world and how I view the human condition, is very much at a step with where society is right now. And that leaves me in kind of an awkward space because I feel like there isn't much good I can do at this time. I think the time is coming. I'm not hopeless. I'm not trying to be dark and dour. But I am saying that it's a tough moment right now for anybody who understands what's actually happening, for anybody who understands what communism looks like. I think that's the biggest thing. Other than uh, watching Washington, D.C. right now, 
because what I'm seeing in Washington doesn't add up. All these troops, all of this deployment that's continuing, there is no insurrection, there is no mass resistance. There is a militarization of D.C. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm watching D.C. The militarization doesn't make sense. Um, and there's, there's some inconsistencies. I mean, you, you can say what you want. Why isn't Biden in the Oval Office? Now, some people will say, most people will probably say he is in the Oval Office. Frank, what are you talking about? The view out the window is not the same. So he's either set up in a in a, in a side office of the Oval Office or like there's something weird going on in the White House. I don't know what it is. And then you see the fawning media like covering this guy in a way they never covered Trump, putting him like doing weird Photoshop things, putting him in golf shorts and like just fluff pieces all over the place about how great it is. Kamala Harris hasn't moved into the vice president's residence yet. That's according to the troops who are guarding the residents, which, by the way, it's militarized as well. So I'm watching D.C. I got nothing to say about it. I'm just watching it right now because that's, that's I mean, that's all any of us can really do is watch and see what happens. It just seems really strange. They're probably spending billions of dollars a week to fund this militarization program. And for what? And by the way, there's the, there's the other oddity as well is that Trump was the guy who set this up. So he set this up, and he's, you know, some say he set it up because of some kind of Machiavellian scheme. It's Sun Tzu. It's the art of war. If you listen to Steve Pachinik and guys like that, they've got a theory. You listen to the Q people, they've got their theories. But the reality seems to be that it was set up, and then it was handed off to the Biden administration. At least that's what, that, that's, that's what you see. But there's something odd. There's something real odd. And I feel almost like if, if you guys are familiar with the term interregnum, uh, for those of you who aren't, it's it's the it's the place in between regimes. So in the ancient world, not the ancient world, in the Middle East, uh, in the Middle Age world, or even the world up to the 1700s, when a king or a monarch died without a clear heir, what occurred was an interregnum. So while there was a struggle for the throne, there was still a bureaucracy, there was still a nobility that maybe would divide and get into civil war or do whatever, but sometimes they would just keep the kingdom moving until an heir to the throne was found or until an heir came of age. That's a regency. Anyway, interregnum. And that's what I feel like. I don't feel like uh, the Bidens, or AOC, oh my God, lying, lying through her teeth about what she experienced in the Capitol. She wasn't even anywhere near it, and people just suck it up. Anyway, that's another thing about Washington. That so-called capital siege, the amount of documentary stuff that's out there right now proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was a setup and that most of it was crisis actors and, and, and people just playing out a script. I mean, it's all there for anybody to want to see it, but YouTube wants to protect you from watching that sort of stuff. So you have to go to other places on the internet to get it. Or you have, to, you have to want to seek it out. You have to want to look for it. It is on YouTube in many places, but you have to actually want to go and see it. You have to go to websites to read the articles about how the whole thing was staged and it's a setup from start to finish. And look at what's happening, the militarization, all this other stuff coming out of a myth, coming out of the myth of the capital siege and riot. There was no riot. There was no siege. There was a lot of acting. There was a lot of people playing parts. There was a lot of people organizing in really bizarre ways trying to push the crowd. 
But I guess I'm just a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist because I actually believe these things. <sighs> that was Frank Vaughn from his February 7th commentary, sounding a lot like many of the people I've been hearing from lately. When he says that the militarization of D.C., does not make sense. That's just another way of saying he doesn't know the real reason for their presence. But even if we don't know that reason, we do know that there is a reason for their presence there. And there are many narratives that do in fact explain this militarization, including the Q narrative. So what's wrong with going along with that one until a better narrative takes its place? Basically, what Scott Adams has told us on the previous side of the bumper is that whatever else you might think about his narrative on Trump's presidency being a de facto military one, which is a fascinating idea, the role of what is being called Q in this regard is simply to point people in the right direction, getting people to ask questions, and, you know, leading the horses to the water that only they can choose to drink or not, right? Conspiracy theorists? Well, of course they are. Who isn't? A conspiracy occurs any time two or more people get together for a plan of action. And in that sense, all politics is conspiracy. But there are conspiracies to destroy freedom, and there are conspiracies to defend freedom. And too many on the right have a problem with that latter proposition. Of course, we don't usually think of a conspiracy as being something being done for good intentions. But in the way people are using it today, you know, they use it indiscriminately. So don't fear conspiracies. Fear those that are evil. People who conspire to do good are worthy of the support of all good people. But since the installation of Joe Biden as the U.S. resident, many people on the right have become understandably disappointed and despondent about what they see as an unresolvable dilemma. But you know, the only dilemma is in their minds. The tragedy is that they take their disappointment and turn it into anger and resentment, ironically against those who are on their side. Now, Polly St. George, otherwise known as the Amazing Polly, as per the name of her show, posted a commentary on February 4th that she entitled, and I love this title, You Say You Want a Revolution. I recommend you listen to this thing in its entirety because I can only play a part of it for you here. But in addition to her comments on Q, she also addresses what I would call the will of the people who won't. Rule number one of a revolutionary mindset, in my opinion, is to be able to divorce yourself from the good opinions of other people. I want everybody to adopt the revolutionary mindset. It's a pipe dream. It will never happen. I'd, I'd guesstimate that upwards of 95% of people, it might be even higher, maybe 98% of people, need to be led. And that's what the powers that be have always known. And I don't know about you, but the more awake I've become, the more often I've thought to myself, you know, I kind of get it. I kind of get what the elites feel about us, I kind of understand why they think they're so special. Because we're so stupid. Look how far they've pushed us with these masks. I mean, with the ever-changing rules. Now you need two masks, now you need three masks. Oh, wait, no, now you need two masks. Oh, wait, two masks don't work. In fact, none of the masks work. 
The masks don't work at all. But people are running around wearing them, right? It's the perfect example. It's the perfect way to visually, viscerally demonstrate how many of us need to be led, aren't interested in the truth, aren't interested in anything, and are ruled by fear, total fear. But what's been a difficult thing to accept, and it's still difficult every time it happens, is to watch the people who seem to have it figured out still go along with the same propaganda that they themselves are railing about. They still fall for the same disinformation tactics, the same disruption tactics as all the mask wearing people. They do. And what has shown this to me most clearly recently is the reaction of so many otherwise very savvy people to Q to the phenomena of Q. And I want to talk about that today. The thing is, and I don't want to pick on anybody. I don't want to drag this Q thing on. It has to be talked about because we lost such a golden opportunity due to people falling for the usual tricks. I see two problems with the critics of Q, some of whom, some of whom I believe actually were holding their breath and hoping against hope that this Q plan would actually come to fruition before Joe Biden got inaugurated. Some, some critics of Q waited till that was all finished before they came out and actually slammed it, which tells me they were kind of hoping it was true too. And now that in some people's estimation, it has been proven untrue. Now they feel safe to come out and bash it for two reasons. It allows them to virtue signal and it gives them clicks because they can be talking about Q, but not talking about Q. All right. This is important. I am not being petty. This is important because of the psychology that's at play here. There's a martial art, well, they probably all have this rule, but where it emphasizes that you use your opponent's momentum against them. And you use momentum strategically. Q had gigantic momentum, gigantic momentum. I know this for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is because of my own audience. My own audience came from all over the world. I got letters from all over the world. I still do. But since the inauguration, they've dropped off because the smear campaign against Q has ramped up. They're saying Q people are akin to domestic terrorists. Now, this is a fantastically effective technique, isn't it? People don't want to mention it because they don't want to be lumped into that group. But what does that really tell you? Does it tell you that they're domestic terrorists? Or does it tell you that the mainstream media machine is using that label in order to discourage Q from continuing on, the followers of Q from continuing on doing what they were doing before? If it's the latter, then obviously Q was a threat to the establishment or why would they bother doing this? They not, they're not satisfied that Trump is out of office. 
It's about something bigger. It's about something bigger. It's about the awakening of the public. The fantastical elements of Q, the trust the plan, the JFK Jr. is still alive, which of course I don't believe myself, and, and all of the, the nuttier things that were pasted all over the place and promoted to the ends of the earth, these are not what Q is really about. What Q was really about was bringing people together that had, up until that point, been operating in silos of their own. 9-11 research, child trafficking research, um, alternative medical cures research, corruption research, the evils of NGOs, the evils of big corporations, the evils of tech. All of these people had been operating in silos Q came along and united all those people because what did it do? It made a game. It made a game of researching history, medicine, corruption, the intelligence agencies, NGOs, trafficking pipelines, all sorts of things. It made a game of it. It brought it all together. And suddenly there was this, this overarching label this overarching identification that people around the world could have together. Where we go one, we go all. Q. We, we knew each other by those things. And that is a huge, huge threat to the established powers. If it was not a huge, huge threat to the established powers, would they spend so much time demonizing it and lying about it? And here's where I'm mad at the people who today go out there and and divorce themselves from Q. They don't, these people don't just ignore Q. They feel it's somehow their duty to crap on it, to call it a psyop, to say it was dangerous, to say that its purpose was to immobilize patriots and to make us do nothing. These, these same people will lament that, oh no, the world's going to crap because the Great Reset people are going to um, win the day. None of my countrymen are waking up. I'm terrified. What are we going to do? Um, well, you, you had an opportunity to do something. And that was to get on board with the Q stuff. Be strong enough to divorce yourself of the good opinions of other people. When they say, oh, Q's all about JFK Jr. secretly being alive and going to run for president or whatever they said. I didn't even pay attention to that stuff. Most of the Anons didn't pay attention to that stuff. We were grounded in reality. And you all missed the boat. You missed the boat. You don't have a revolutionary mindset. You make video after video after video saying how terrible everything is, saying how stupid everyone is for not waking up. And yet, when the greatest mass awakening movement ever to happen worldwide came along, you distanced yourself from it. You became fearful of it. You fell for the propaganda. You fell for the smears. You think you're so smart that you can't fall. You don't fall for the uh, propaganda when it comes out of the World Economic Forum or MSNBC or whatever on every other topic. But for some reason, you fall for it when it came to Q. That's a shame. That is a shame. You are afraid to associate yourself with it because you are afraid of the good opinions of other people. 
well, you're not a revolutionary. And maybe you should step back, get out of the way, and let those of us who understand these dynamics do something with it. God love you, Dave Cullen. I'm sorry to mention your name, but I want to show a clip from your recent video. Why are you crapping on QAnon? Why are you throwing away hundreds of millions of people and all of that momentum? Do you see what happened in Wyoming? They said people drove six hours to oppose Liz Cheney. Six hours. That's commitment. That's not being... Uh, sitting on your couch and doing nothing and eating popcorn and trusting a plan? That's the awakening that you say isn't happening, Dave. And I'm sorry to pick on you again. I, I have so much respect for you. I think your work is some of the best out there. I really, truly do. I, I, I listen to you all the time. But this is the mindset that's going to keep us running in the hamster wheel. You're too afraid of QAnon because you think it's a PSYOP. You have Fiona Flanagan on there who's telling you that it's a Masonic Luciferian plot to keep people, um, keep people down. Q, that this PSYOP was instrumental in the West at mobilizing, and they call themselves the light, okay, David, but I call them the false light, because Q is, it's wrapped up in New Age, Gnostic, Freemasonic deception. They want you to be a spectator in politics, to watch from the sidelines, to watch as the whole game is played in front of you, to believe that you're somehow involved in it by simply shouting at the television or retweeting things on Twitter, whatever it is. Um, you're not. You're, a, you're passive. You're not active. You're not doing anything. You're not contributing, uh, contributing anything. And you're sitting back and you're watching as things around you, your environment, your country, the world around you is being changed, your freedoms are being taken from you, and you're being told to just sit, sit back, have popcorn, and watch the television, and watch it, watch the, enjoy the show. And yet, in the same broadcast, she says, the people have no power, only God and Jesus have power. Okay, and I invite any Christian who um, has been caught up in Q or has been interested in it in any way to cast your mind to the fundamental premise of the Q PSYOP, which is trust the plan, as you've said, but trust yourself. You are the saviors of mankind. So I invite Christians who are listening to go to Genesis 3 and understand that this mirrors the deception in the garden how mankind fell, because this is man-centered. We are the saviors. No, we are not. If we are Christians, and I'm appealing to Christians really, you know, mainly hearing what I say, we are not the saviors. Jesus Christ, God is the savior. So isn't she trying to get people to just do nothing and pray? That's what it sounds like to me. Don't do anything. Don't believe in anything except Jesus. Wait for him to come back, pray that he'll step in and fix everything. Oh, and by the way, Dave Cullen, you said this. Germany had the biggest anti-lockdown protests anywhere in the world last year, putting over 1.3 million people on the streets of Berlin. I happen to be really big in Germany. <laughs> and so does the whole Q movement. So you say Germany is one of the most active countries. To me, it's not a mystery. Why? 
I know why. I know why. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And talk about a coincidence. <laughs> Just Right also broadcasts on shortwave in Germany, on channel 292 out of Ingolstadt, and which reaches an audience that stretches past Moscow to the east and as far south as Australia in the Southern Hemisphere, based on, get this, QSL requests that we receive from listeners in those areas. Nothing to do with Q. <laughs> In shortwave listening, a QSL quote is a card or letter from a radio station confirming that the recipient indeed has heard the station. End quote. So there's a piece of trivia for you from the internet. But I have to say that that commentary by Polly St. George basically saved me a lot of work since I was planning to address the same points because her reaction to both Dave Cullen's show and to the general pushback against Q perfectly mirrored my own, even though I didn't understand the Q phenomenon then as well as I do now, and I'm just talking over the past couple of weeks. 98% of people need to be led, she concludes. Well, this statistic may be more accurate than we might like to believe. After about 40 years in politics, it's been my experience that fewer than 2% of people ever really get involved in politics beyond casting a vote which is a meaningless practice in terms of shaping the policies of the future. Because getting involved in politics really means either running as an independent candidate yourself or supporting a political party. I mean, in a democracy, the few always govern the many, and that's just a fact. And at best, voting is merely consenting to someone else's agenda, not actually taking a part in shaping that agenda. This is the part people don't understand about politics, and it doesn't mean you have to you know, spend your whole lifetime getting involved in politics. It just means supporting the right people in the right way. Most often, people who only vote, vote for the lesser of an evil because they didn't participate in shaping their voting choices through a political party or candidacy, candidacy which is an activity that has to occur between elections, not during an election. Because we're so stupid. <laughs> you know, many people are way worse than stupid. How many times have I mentioned it? It ain't so much what people don't know that gets them into trouble. It's what they do know that ain't so. And that's just not a matter of stupidity if one is acting as a result of having been misled. But again, I come back to fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice or 200 times or 5,000 times. Then shame on me. Because I'm really stupid if I just keep allowing that to happen, aren't I? Q people are effectively terrorists. Well, there's another unjustifiable smear tactic. What's new there, right? You know, the left has absolutely nothing going for it. Nothing. Not a single idea. Do you notice that Canada recently declared the Proud Boys to be terrorists? Can you imagine that? Not Black Lives Matter, which is a terrorist group, but Proud Boys, which is not anything even close to being any such thing. Please cite me a single terrorist act or intention on the part of the Proud Boys. I haven't seen one. Maybe I missed it. I can't say I've seen everything out there, but that's a weird one for me. And then there was the reference to Dave Cullen. And on the subject of Dave Cullen and his guest Fiona Flanagan, I have to tell you, I watched that same show. And I had a completely parallel reaction to it, as did Polly. And I got to tell you, as I was watching it, I kept 
asking myself, am I going to watch the rest of this? I'm going to turn this off because I found myself actually saying aloud that this woman was a nut bar. And I was quite frankly in shock that Colin would even have her on his show, let alone agree with what she said. And like Pauly, I too have been a longtime fan of Colin and have featured many audio bites from his show on our own. So clearly, Colin must have heard Scott McKay when he said to just get your box of popcorn out and sit back and enjoy the show. We heard that earlier. But McKay was talking about watching the military action, not about foregoing the necessity of taking action yourself, which he called upon in the same broadcast and keeps calling upon over and over again. I mean, we're all capable of multitasking in this regard, so I don't know where these people get this idea that QAnon, unless they're hearing it from some other person that they associate with that movement, where they're getting this idea that we're being told just to sit back and let things happen and it'll all take care of itself. I've never seen that in anybody. And why would you do that? Even if I knew that this stuff was going on, I wouldn't sit back. I keep doing what I'm doing anyway. Now, on the side of our upcoming bumper, here's another big voice in the Q movement. He goes by the name of Dave Nezipsode, which may be a pseudonym because I wasn't able to find out too much personal information on him. But he produces two podcast shows daily called The X-22 Report. And from what I've seen, his audience appears to approach about a quarter million within the first day of his broadcasts. So here are some audio bites from his February 2nd episode, number 2,394B. <laughs> What's very interesting is that Trump and his legal team, they decided to respond to the impeachment article, and it argues that the Senate has no jurisdiction to bar from running again, that this entire impeachment is completely unconstitutional. And this is what they said. This is how it reads. Incitement of insurrection against him as moot and thus in violation of the Constitution because the Senate lacks jurisdiction to remove the office of a man who does not hold office. He's a private citizen now. He's not in office. The Senate doesn't have the authority. This is what the Constitution says. And the Democrats have released their legal brief for the upcoming impeachment trial of Trump, falsely claiming that no president had ever refused to accept an election result or defied the lawful process for resolving electoral disputes until Trump. Well, in fact, almost every Republican victory at recent presidential elections has seen the results challenged by who? The Democrats. Now, let's go back in time. 1969, Democrats object. 2001, they objected there. 2005, they objected. In 2016, 2017, they objected. So they have objected. Actually, remember what Hillary Clinton said about Biden. Remember, she publicly said this out loud. She publicly advised Joe Biden to reject the election results under any circumstances if he did not win. He should never concede. Take a listen to what she said. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because so you can see their entire legal statement is completely fake phony and false now what's very interesting about trump is that he's been very very silent he's been in the background this is very out of character for him and i do believe that this is terrifying the deep state the corrupt politicians because they don't know what his next move is they know he's going to make a move the fear and terror and confusion is making them crazy. 
They don't understand what he's doing. They thought he'd be attacking, but he's not. Why is that? Because it's part of the plan. It's to keep your enemy off balance. And once they're confused, once they're afraid, once they don't know what's happening, they don't know what ammunition to use to counter. And this is being done on purpose. They use a lot of their ammunition during the election fraud, going all the way up to the elections to the inauguration. Now they don't understand what else to do. You think Trump is playing the Trump card? Do you think he wanted everyone to see the deep state, the invisible enemy? How do you unite the people? You show them everything. Everything that these individuals have done from election fraud to treason to crimes against humanity. And you do it in a way where the deep state, they can't stop you. They'll try to stop you, but then more and more people will want to know more. If they try to block out the impeachment trial, people are going to want to know more. Just like when they down certain accounts on Twitter and YouTube, what do people do? They went ahead and they found them. And then they told other people. And then they told other people. And the people that were struck down, they've become more powerful each time they were brought down. The same thing is going to happen now. Once the deep state, once the mainstream media, once the social media companies start to cancel everything, it's going to affect a lot of people. People are going to say, well, why are they doing this? Why can't we see this? Why did they cut away? This is going to be a complete and utter disaster. Now, we believe it's going to happen during this period of time. Will it? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know the exact plan, but we can see with everything happening right now, with everything that has come out, we can see that the plan is in motion. Well, everyone, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. What you're going to see now is 100% proof that we had upon our country the biggest cyber attack in history. And I'm going to bring on Mary Fanning to explain how it all happened and the, show you the 100% proof. Mary, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Mike. Uh, today we've been watching cybersecurity experts, and they've explained some of the things that happened in the election, some of the election fraud. But what we're seeing here is, if you look at this chart, is that there were cybersecurity experts who began collecting information on November 1st, and be, so this was before, during, and after the election that they were collecting documentation. In fact, they collected terabytes of information that document the election fraud, the foreign intrusion into our election. This was collected as a, a, in 2,995 counties in the United States. This was collected in real time. All right, so if you go to the chart, what you will see is a documentation of foreign interference in the election. The first column 
you look at the chart, that shows that on 11-5, 2020, at 7.43 and 38 seconds, we had a foreign intrusion, and it shows the IP address, the Internet Protocol address. That is the number of that protocol address of the hacker that entered into our election. The second column is the owner or source of that IP address. That shows that ChinaNet in Beijing province entered the election. It shows an ID. That is the unique address of a computer. That shows the exact computer using that IP source that entered into our election. The next is the target. That's the IP target. That's the internet protocol address of the target. All right. Then the next is the target state. In this case, it shows that it's Michigan. Where in Michigan? That's the next count. It shows that it's in Emmett County, Michigan. Then the ID target. That is the unique address of another computer in the United States that the hacker has gone into. And then it shows the method of intrusion. Now, on some cases, you're going to see that they use credentials. That means that they have fake credentials because there were administrators that had been placed on the Secretary of State's computers, uh, false administrators. In other cases, it shows that they broke through the firewall. In some cases, they did both. Then in the final column, what you're seeing are votes changed. Now, in this particular case, when they went into Emmett County, Michigan, the votes that were changed was they stole 3,477 votes from Donald Trump. That's what you're looking at. Now, as you go through this document and you look at all the multiple intrusions into our election, what, what you'll notice that over 60% of these intrusions come from China. Why is this important? Well, some things were set in place, including some of the changes that took place in this country, particularly when we had the Wuhan virus or the COVID-19 virus hit this country. And we have a video. Well, first, Mike, do you have any questions about this chart and what it is showing? Yeah. Um, so what So what you have here is what each one of these is its own timestamp that is 100% proof because you have that not only where it came from, you have, it's basically you have their identification, you have that... Um, you know, who they were attacking, their identification. Um, this is what everybody would want. If you ever looked in and did an audit or wanted to look into a computer and look what went on in cyberspace, this is what you'd be looking for, correct? This is forensic evidence of foreign footprints as I entered our election in a cyber warfare attack on our election. And then it shows exactly what they, you know, where did they come from, which computer exactly, exactly the timestamp, exactly which computer they entered into, uh, in, in, in what state, which county, uh, the, the ID, the unique ID of the computer that they entered into. And then it shows how they entered using false credentials or breaking through the firewall or both. Wow. Were they successful the first time, the second time? And then it shows the votes that they stole from Donald Trump. Right. This is proof positive. This is documentation of a cyber attack, but it also is documentation of the footprints of those who entered our election. Right. Right, and look at if everybody notices here, everyone, you don't think this was all put together in one big attack? Everyone was Donald Trump down, down, down. This wasn't another country that wanted it the other way. 
this was uh, the biggest attack in history. And you have, and Mary, you have, uh, we have pages and pages, right? Thousands of these pages of every, every, every county, right? Of every, or of every single attack. There are thousands of pages of the documented footprints, the, the foreign intrusion into our elections. We see this is coming from China, uh, in many cases from Huawei, from Alabama. Right. Cloud service from China Unicom, from UCloud, from China Mobile Titong. You know, this also came and uh, from Iran as well. Right. There, the, but this is the foreign intrusion. This is the theft of our vote. But it also is documenting exactly the votes, the vote totals that were stolen from Donald Trump. Right. And this what is we what, have heard. Well, this is what I've been telling everyone. This is where you got, if you add these numbers up. When I, when I said, and I actually told the president uh, when I met with them, I said, you know, you actually won this election by almost 80 million votes for you, for Donald Trump, to about 68 million for Biden. And that's not counting all the other kind of theft we talked about earlier in the show. This is the, these are the real numbers that were taken off and that were flipped. I mean, this is incredible, everybody. This is this is historical proof, too. We not only have, this is what we've all been waiting for. And Mary, you said there's a video, too, we want to show? Yeah, this is a documentation, the proof positive, by cyber expert from in this country that began documenting the theft of our election. Wow. They put together the full documentation of every vote beginning on November 1st. So, again, from before, during, and after the election, they documented the footprints of the foreign intrusion into our election. That means that foreign adversaries, really, because this was an act of war to come in and steal the election from the American people and decide who our foreign adversaries were going to put in the White House to rule or to, to be the president of this country. Right, right, right. That was My Pillows President Mike Lindell, who last Friday posted a complete documentary on illustrating proof that electoral fraud in the last U.S. election was not only indisputable, but was mostly orchestrated by the Chinese Communist Party. By the way, all of this now documented evidence is exactly what Q had been predicting was the case since the very beginning. Coincidence? But here's the thing. If there is a single message to take home from what we just heard, from everything we've talked about on this show, it is this. It is that the United States has been demonstrably attacked by a foreign power, and that means that the country is in a state of war. And the enemy is within as well as without. Now consider what that means. That changes everything. Nothing is what it seems. It means that those who have cooperated with or assisted the Chinese are guilty of treason. You know what the penalty for treason is? Yeah, it goes as far as the death penalty. And if that doesn't explain the troops in Washington and all of the deep state's frenzied state of panic, when all should be quiet and calm, then perhaps more of us have the stupid virus than we would care to admit. Trump has never conceded the election. Trump refused to attend Biden's installment. <laughs> he gave a major speech on January 6th, citing example after example of objectively proven and demonstrated electoral fraud and cheating. And just because the courts refused to hear it doesn't mean it wasn't proof. Does everything have to be proved by some official? 
Trump was completely censored from numerous social media platforms. Have you ever heard of anything like that? The, the president or leader of a country being censored? <laughs> being cut off from the people? Remember, everything that's done against Trump is done against the people. The people are the ones who wanted Trump in power. And this whole insane, blind impeachment trial campaign, the Democrats continue on it, just unabated. They're, they're, they're just out of their minds. And none of this has ever been precedented in American history or politics, certainly not in the way this scenario is playing out. The troops are still surrounding the Capitol, and most apparently do not know why they are still there. And I've heard that they'll be staying there until at least April. And it could be that long before we get any definitive answers to any of these outstanding questions or issues that we're talking about today. So let me close with this question. Does anything you see going on in the United States right now with respect to the American election or even COVID even make the slightest bit of sense based on only what you can see? Doesn't it all seem a little odd, to say the least? I mean, Frank Vaughn said it earlier, right? Well, that's because we are at war. And China has been identified as the major invader and enemy, as have all those who have cooperated with that totalitarian anti-life regime. Check out my own country of Canada. The Chinese communists already run this place. All the laws and lockdowns that we're suffering under are completely the same as China would do it. Trudeau is one of them. Just listen to our broadcast last week and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And by the way, speaking of hopium, okay, hopium. <laughs> you know who's suffering from hopium? It's the people who are hoping that getting a vaccine will let them have their normal lives back who are suffering from opium. They're actually stupid because they've been told directly by their oppressors, by the people giving them these vaccines, that the lockdowns and mask mandates will continue. And yet, they continue to hope for another outcome. Now that's opium. <laughs> it's the people who are hoping that wearing masks and social distancing will eliminate a virus that doesn't even exist in the first place. Actually, I think that's dopium. <laughs> There's been so much misdirection, misinformation, disinformation, no information, that none of us, not even the key players in the game, can be certain of anything except of their own actions and intentions. So what do you think? Who's right? Who's wrong? Where is all this heading? Well, let's find out together, shall we? Be sure to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. I don't want to believe anymore, because all the shit that everybody bitches about the next week, they're like, yeah, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Like, I thought that was the most important thing. And they're like, nah. <laughs> I feel bad. Ventilators, remember them? <laughs> remember when people cared about them? Everybody just sounded like whiny girlfriends. They're like, I want a bunch of ventilators. And the president's like, I don't have any ventilators. And they're like, just make them. <laughs> Just make them. And he's like, all right, I made thousands of them. What do I do with them? We don't even need those.